Welcome to the Digital Maddy Show. This is a platform where I share my knowledge on video creation, digital marketing, chatbot marketing, and how to grow your business through video making. I also invite many influencers and digital marketers on the show and ask amazing questions to extract their secrets of business. Let's get started with your host. Hi, my name is Mithil, and I'm a YouTube and video creation coach, and I help aspiring video influencers to create and monetize their content through video making. Today we have an amazing guest on our show. She is a former professional figure skater who has shared her eyes and the podium with Christy Yamaguchi and Tonya Harding. She is already into our studio. Let's welcome her. So as told you, she is already into our studio. Let's welcome Val Jones to our studio. Thank you, Mithil, for having me today. I'm so excited to be here. Most welcome. So let me introduce uh, Val, you, uh, like to my viewers. So basically, Val Jones, she is a professional figure skater, a CrossFit instructor, speaker, peak performance expert, a daughter, sister, wife, mother, friend. She's a lover of all animals, especially dogs, and dolphins. This is something we both have common to, and she has overcome many obstacles in. uh her life and now she hopes to inspire others to keep up the good fight so it's an honor to have you on our show i guess you are also planning to become an olympic uh, player too it was yes i had um trained 13 years and i calculated over 36000 hours for my olympic dream Unfortunately, I had a career-ending knee injury that um didn't allow that to ever come true. Okay, I'm sorry to hear that, but still you did not give up. You are a fighter and you kept moving forward and you fought forward and yes, that's awesome. Yes. Great. So work. absolutely. So, well, Can you share uh, one of your favorite quote that keeps you motivated and keeps you uh, going strong day by day? One of my favorites is from my favorite skater of all time, Scotty Hamilton, and he says the only true and real disability in life is a bad attitude. And over the course of my life, I have suffered a heartbreak and disappointment and pain. and i don't think i'm anything unique or special i have heard some some truly horrific stories about pain and and abuse and abandonment and so i don't think any of us humans are immune to bad things happening to us so i'm not anything special in that sense um so maybe it's that we can't control what happens to us but we can always control our attitude about it and I think about that quote a lot because if you know anything about Scotty Hamilton, he is he himself has suffered a lot of um obstacles in his life and yet he is just the truly most genuinely happy fun person to be around. And so I always just want to remind myself that you know what, there are people out there that have it worse and um my attitude about it is more important than the event itself. So that's my favorite. Cool, that's awesome. 
yes in order to reach to the pinnacle of your life uh, i think this all problems and challenges are like the stepping stones and if you don't give up i think in the end you are at the top and you can see the awesome beauty of the whole world when you see and try to connect all the dots yeah for sure great so uh, before we get started well uh, can you share your back story your origin story yes i'd be happy to thank you i am the youngest of seven and we grew up in a very um um competitive family all of my siblings we all played sports and my dad was actually a semi professional hockey player and we um you know to go all of us out on an outing it was a big deal for our family and on this particular day a brand new ice rink had opened you know about 5 5 miles from our house and dad said hey i want to introduce you guys to the ice i have a love for the ice and um i don't think my parents had any idea what all would come from that one innocent outing as a family but the first time i put on my skates i felt like i was a duck in water um i loved it i felt instantly in love with it and my parents um this was 1975 and my parents asked hey you know who wants to take lessons and it was my brother and i who said yes and so my journey started a few months later than that it was the 1976 winter olympic games and i saw saw dorothy hamill capture her her gold medal and that kind of solidified it for me i was like oh my gosh that's what i want to do and So I started training for that Olympic dream. I had amazing parents who supported me. And at the age of 11, my mom and I moved um from our family home in Sacramento, California to the Bay Area so that I could train with um higher level coaches. I I had the privilege of training with Brian Botano and his coach and we were we were you know we were set on the path and um it was amazing i mean to be able to train with that level of athlete um was certainly a blessing and we did that for two and a half years um my mom and i would drive home after my practice on friday night back to our home in sacramento so that we could be with my dad and and my many siblings and then we would drive back to the bay area on sunday night um up until the day that um unfortunately um my dad suffered a massive heart attack and died in front of me i was 13 and um um that you know has been a heartache uh for me and as well as it is you know for anybody who loses a parent at such a young age um and i almost quit skating but then i was like you know that's not really what dad would want and so i so i pushed through and i returned to the ice and to the competition um and i was then it was 1988 and i was training a new jump called a triple lutz and 
Nitha, when you when you were rotating your body three times in in the air in under a second, you really have to you know crank it. And uh, on this particular day, I I cranked it, um, but but my my foot stayed in the ice, and um, I I I blew out my knee basically. And so the um, surgeon said. I can put you back together, but it's my professional opinion that you you never skate again. And um, so that was a very hard thing for me to go through, and 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 now I had to do it without my dad. Um, and so I struggled um, for a while, and and found my way to other activities and and college, uh, which was never on. <laughs> College was never um, on the docket as far as my plans because I had, you know, I was going to skate and I was going to do that. So that that was a um, that was a different world for me to be in. And um, you know, life took um, a typical path. We got married. We had kids. Um, the last ten years I have spent as a CrossFit instructor. Um, I think. Actually, when I look at my my resume, um, every position that I have ever ha held has had some type of coaching. Um, at the at the root of it, I was a corporate trainer um, uh, in my career days, and so being a coach is is what I love to do. Um, I think it's part of who I am. Um, and lastly. Uh, Nobody told me when I was five years old that ice was uh, all those rep repetitive jumps, you know, hour after hour, day after day, week after week, um, would have consequences. And in five years, I have had five surgeries, four of them being orthopedic. I have a new back and a new hip, and I still have that knee. I'll still have to have that knee replaced that I blew out when I was 18. Um, my last surgery resulted in a complication called MRSA. And MRSA is a staph infection that is not normally curable by normal antibiotics. You have to have IV antibiotics. And normally, a person with MRSA has to be quarantined because it, it's, it's so highly contagious. Um, that fifth surgery was actually sinus surgery, and the MRSA was in my sinuses, so I didn't have to be quarantined but much like chemo is to cancer um, the cure for MRSA is the same it you know chemo will either kill the cancer it'll unfortunately kill the patient <laughs> and that's the same for MRSA and on day 27 of my protocol my kidneys went into failure so it tried to kill me um, but it didn't and that has led me to the present. I've had these experiences. I've gone through um, some hard things. Um, and I feel like when you, when you go through something hard and you learn a lesson, you should share it. it ease the pain and ease the burden of the next person. And maybe your audience may not find themselves in exactly those situations, but similar situations. And, and so it's my goal, it's my passion to help people overcome their obstacles and, and still realize their dreams. Yes, 
uh, I see a lot of people keep complaining even if they have slightest of problems and they say that this my problem is so big and uh, like I had heard somewhere that if we all put all of our problems in front of us and like you know everyone bring and put their problems in front of the table and when you see other people's problem I think you will be too small and you will just uh, you know silently take it and walk away and like when people are going to listen to your story and then when they compare struggles you had and you have overcome them with so much strong willpower and support from your family of course their problems may be uh, very small and they would i think not complain henceforth so i think thank you so much for motivating them to keep moving forward yes yes keep going keep going that's what i always say and here's a, a dirty little secret that nobody tells you is that it doesn't have to look pretty <laughs> it doesn't have to look pretty and there were times in all of those surgeries Mithil, where I was in so much pain and I was passing out and vomiting and I, I mean it was not pretty I kept going even though it was really really hard so yeah I, I say that a lot keep going it doesn't have to look pretty great so I think that's why you are a girl boss a strong power yeah. <laughs> great <laughs> So, uh, well, uh, like how you had so many dreams, there are many people who have dreams and they have aspirations, but I think uh, they are only able, very few are able to achieve those dreams and aspirations is only because they have the motivation and the discipline. So can you throw some light on how can one person find more motivation and discipline? If you can share your example, how did you find more motivation and discipline to reach to this level? Well, I think some people are just naturally more motivated and disciplined than others, but I think it's behaviors that you can learn. You, you can. And for the motivation part, I feel like if you are in line with what you want and it runs congruent to who you are and what you want to do, I feel like the motivation will come. And the motivation, you know, for me to change 36,000 hours, um, you know, I didn't have all that motivation up front. I think people, I like keeping your eye on the big picture. But the key to that motivation is breaking it down into little teeny tiny daily motivations. That's how motivation is sustainable. Um, you know, doctors, lawyers, all these, 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 these professions where you have to spend, you know, it, it's like, what, 12 years to be a doctor or a veterinarian or something like that? That's overwhelming for me. And, and I don't think that anybody could look at that much and be like, yay, I'm motivated to study and, and be $100,000 in debt. Um, so it would be my suggestion, take your, always keep an eye on that big picture, but break it down into small daily motivations. And that's the same with discipline. It's like, you can't, it, it, it's very hard for the human brain to think long, long term. I mean, way back in the day, right? In the caveman days, they were like, okay, I have to find water and find something to eat today or I'm not gonna live tomorrow. It was very short. 
Um, keep an eye on that long-term discipline, but break it up into small daily habits. And, and to that point, um, I'd like your audience to understand the difference between an achievement goal and an action goal. Um, an achievement goal, I'll just use this for as an example, an achievement goal. I want to lose 20 pounds. That's great. Keep an eye on that. How are you going to get there? You're going to get that to that achievement goal by daily goals. By I'm going to I'm going to exercise my body. I'm going to move through time and space an hour a day, six days a week, and I'm going to eat whole healthy foods and I'm going to stop putting junk into my body. What you do daily creates your identity, and your identity is what drives your success. So small daily. That's how that's how you get it done. Great. So as you are saying that in order to be uh, stuck to your discipline and motivation, you need to have big goals and you need to have small goals. Big goals can be achievement goals and small goals can be your action goals. So my question to you is, well, how do you opt in your goals? How do I opt in? How do, how do you can opt in your goals? Like how can you, you know, uh, create goals? How can you follow it? So I'm a big believer in vision boards and um, visioning what, what you want your life to be. When I skated and trained, I spent a lot of time, I would close my eyes and I would skate my program in my head. And not only just seeing it, but like, what did it feel like to nail that jump? What did what did this crowd sound like? What were the smells? What could I, you know, using your five senses? And so I'm a big believer in visualizing your goals. And um, to the point where, um, you know, there's a lot of research on how you speak um, resonates with your soul. And if you believe in, if you have a, a faith that you believe in or a spiritual side of you, you know, you've heard it say, if you speak it to the universe, the universe will give it to you. So speak it in into your heart as if you've already achieved it. And instead of saying, I want to lose 20 pounds, that, that's good. I think better is I love being at my ideal weight. I feel so healthy and strong and I have so much energy. See the difference? It's totally different, right? Your body will will um, react differently to it. Um, so, yeah, back to the small daily goals is, is a good way. Um, and certainly, um, you know, the SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-bound, um, those, are, those are really good. You have to kind of do a check. Um, and the, and the last thing that I like to do with my goals is I put a time frame to it. And that's controversial. There are some professional development people out there that say, no, don't put a time frame. It, it, it takes as long as it's going to take. Um, I say put a time frame to it um, because a goal without a time frame is just a hope. And hopes are great. I love hopes. Go for it. But if you want to get it done, put a time frame. And should you not accomplish that time frame, 
that goal by that time frame. Then it's just reevaluating and adjusting. Like, do I still want this? What do I have to do to get there? Okay, oh, it's gonna take me 18 months to train for that triathlon. Okay, so maybe I need to push that out. Um, so it's always just being on top of where are you and how much further you have to go. What do I need to do to get there? Awesome. Yes, so break it into small goals, keep on achieving it, uh, keep yourself happy and motivated that, yeah, I'm able to achieve small goals and eventually will reach to the bigger goals. Great. So, yes. uh, well, how can I become a peak performer? So, in my experience, <clears throat> it has been this. Um, and the man's name who is credited to saying this uh, quote is, I believe his name is Kevin Durante. I believe he's an NBA uh, professional basketball player. And it's this, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. And I think if you have good goals that are smart, they're realistic, and and you are willing to, to do the work, you can achieve anything that you want. But the human body is designed to avoid pain, right? That's what the whole fight or flight um, mechanism is. Our body at its most human core is to avoid pain at all costs. I say lean into the pain, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, and history is just laden with, with people who became peak performers who, who failed and who had obstacles. You know, you, you hear about, you know, Michael Jordan who got kicked off his, his freshman uh, team. And you hear about Walt Disney who got fired for lack of imagination. Can you imagine? Um, all of those people, they, they had big goals and they knew that they were going to have to work for it. And so I'm a big believer in you can be, do, and have anything you want in life. As long as you're willing to be, do, and have the amount of work it takes to get there. So when I'm in a group of my peers, a little game that I, that I play with myself is I look around and I ask myself, am I the hardest worker in the room? Am I the hardest worker? And if I'm not, then guess what? I need to up my game. So being a peak performer is you have to put in the time to me. Cool. Yes. So hard work always pays. Something like even Bruce Lee said, you, if you practice that particular uh, step for 10,000 times, then you, that is also going to give you, like that is the winning streak that you will be able to achieve. Yes. I love that quote. It's amazing. True. True. That's one of my favorite words that keeps me motivating and that's why I do these interviews on a daily basis. So, yes. Uh, so, when it comes to motivation, when it comes to discipline, then you have goals and then you want to become a peak performance. But then if something goes wrong or something doesn't go as per plan, I think even the, not only the body, but the mind also starts working against you and that's when the fear creeps in. So, if we fail to not achieve that particular goal at times, what should we do? Like, how can I overcome my fear? 
So fear, as Zig Ziglar says, um, uh, fear, F-E-A-R, could either mean forget everything and run, and it's and it's an option. I mean, it, it, it is a viable option, or it's face everything and rise. Wow. And that I love how Zig says that. Um, at every obstacle that I have encountered, um, you have a choice. Do you stay where you are and do nothing? And you know what? Sometimes in some scenarios, that is absolutely the appropriate choice. Or do I step forward and try to make a move? Understanding that sometimes that move is to turn around and go back. Going backwards is still moving. Um, and I don't mean going back and repeating a mistake. I mean, sometimes it just means um, I was headed down a path and that isn't serving me. And so I have to pivot and, and turn around. Um, so fear is, is, you know, first of all, I, I feel like for myself, I'm going to, I'm going to tattletale on myself. Fear has shown up for me. Am I scared of failing? I don't know. I mean, if you're if you're attempting something extraordinary, I think you need to plan on failing often. Um, or was I really scared of seeing other people see me fail? In all honesty, and, and for me, that that was it. I was scared for other people to see me fail. And um, it, it's it's accepting that you can look at failure as failure, or you can look at it as an opportunity to learn and grow better. And so I think the biggest thing that people fear is failure. And um, fear, um, it can't, fear and panic can be trained out. Um, it's like any other muscle. Um, it doesn't go easily, but it can be trained out. And I know as I stepped out onto the ice in front of 10,000 people, Trust me when I tell you there was fear and panic. Um, but that's why, and then it comes back to right, train it. You have to you have to do the work, you have to put in the hours, you have to put in the reps. And um, I'm I'm obsessed with the Navy SEALs. They are uh, the best and, and most elite um, scary humans on the planet. And and uh, they're the peakiest of peak performers I, I think I just made up a word but they are the, uh, the the highest peak performers and it's because they have trained out that fear and panic and they've trained it and I've, I've spoken and, and I work with some Navy SEALs and they're like when we go on out for a mission we train it not until we get it can get it uh, right but we train it until we can't get it wrong and he tells me that like they they train their missions and they purposely put in obstacles like oh the the door bomb didn't go off or this thing didn't go right and they practice mistakes and that blew my mind wow. how many of us in our lives are practicing getting through mistakes it's an interesting concept right absolutely yeah so fear and panic it, be, it can be trained out uh, but you do have to do the training True. So you're trying to say that with trainings and I think with proper mindset that also you included, 
to uh, which will help you to eradicate the fear completely so well uh, what to do when if someone fails like you know i have seen many especially teenagers uh, if they fail even in their examinations or if fail in their relationships uh, the one thing that they know is quit they end up going suicide or they just end up you know uh, into bad uh, road uh, that's like drugs and lot of other things so what to do when someone fails i think it's switching your mindset and not looking at it as a as a failure it's an opportunity to learn it's an opportunity to grow and really failure at its very basic root is feedback when i was skating and i was learning a new jump do you think i tried it for the first time and landed on my feet <laughs> that would have been great uh, but no and i i used to get huge bruises and, and hematomas on my on my hip from from falling you know 10,000 times um but every time i fell it was feedback oh i was off rotation oh i pulled too early oh i it was feedback to learn from to get better so that the day that i put all of the feedback together and i landed on my feet and so i think it's a switch of of mindset that um it's okay to fail um learn from it um take that feedback put it in your mind bank and let it it grow you and let it teach you and um failure's not a bad thing and i wish our young people they are there i have two kids of my own and and they're terrified to fail and i've tried to encourage them it's okay it's okay it's just feedback learn from it and i heard once have you heard this saying what do you get when you don't get what you want and the answer is you get wisdom absolutely <laughs> and it's sometimes it's a very costly wisdom and experience but um i wish people had um could switch their mindset and just embrace failure it's not a bad thing true it's not it's, i can even add one more thing over here uh, with my little experience that i have on this planet that uh, the almighty tries to give you certain hints uh, in your entire road uh where you are the, the feedbacks basically those hints are nothing but feedbacks that whatever you are doing is wrong but then if you keep on ignoring 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 the feedback eventually goes too high the cost of that uh, mistake goes beyond measurable and yes i think that is also one of the reason that people fail and then they just don't know what to do because they ignored all the feedbacks eventually which were started with small feedbacks and then it, they were big feedback but we kept on ignoring it again and again I would agree. Yeah, most definitely. So, uh well, like eventually when the people join any of the team or even in corporates or I think everywhere there are teams, whether you say supermarket or where you say companies or where you say schools, everywhere there are teams and eventually people during course of time because everyone is born leader but they don't find that potential in them, but then eventually they want to become a leader. So, as per you, well, how can someone become a better leader 
Well, I think first is you don't have to have a title to be a leader. Anybody can be a leader, even a child um, um, can lead um, adults uh, to, to better and bigger things. So you don't have to be, you don't have to have a title. Um, to be a good and effective leader, in, in, in my opinion, is caring more about your team's success than you do your own. And I was very fortunate. I had great parents. I also had really good figure skating coaches. And one of my skating coaches told me this, and I've adopted it as my own. She told me this, look Val, I only succeed when you succeed. And I was six when I heard that. And it has stuck with me all those years. So um, in this world where, you know, everybody's trying to make moves and, and, and be successful, that's great. And you will get there, but care more about your team's success than your own. And to that point, I was recently on, uh, my husband and I went up to Canada and we went on this dog sledding trip. And the lead musher who led our group, he was telling us about how each dog position um, function has a different function. The first two dogs in, in, in the very front of the pack, they are the lead dogs. Um, they are the smartest, they take direction uh, the best, and they have a unique ability to find uh, the path when it's not quite clear. And the middle two dogs, they are your pacer dogs. They make sure that the, the pack doesn't burn out and run too fast coming out of the gate. They set the pace and the tone for the rest of the team. And then the last two dogs are your strength dogs. They're your powerhouses. They pull the most weight. He says, but the most important person on that team is the musher. And he says, and the reason why is because, and he's in the back, right? He, all the dogs are in front of him. He's in the back. And the reason why it's important to be in the back is so that he can keep an eye on his team. He can watch the dogs to see if they are getting tired, bored, injured. Does he need to swap out some dogs uh, so that they, uh, you know, can, he can relieve some of those symptoms? And then he said something that really struck my heart. If you are leading a team, he said the two strength dogs, um, when you come up on an incline, if they think you're being lazy and you're just standing on the sled, they're gonna look back at you and kind of give you a dirty eye and, 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 and kind of, and I thought certainly a dog isn't gonna look back and give me a dirty look. And I'm five feet tall, 130 pounds, right? So I thought little boy me, well sure enough, it was my turn to, to be the musher. And um, we came to an incline and um, it was a slight incline, but my strength dog, Kenai, he looked back at me and he gave me, <laughs> he gave me a look. Enough of that, if, 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 if dogs, if looks could kill, I would have been dead. And I was, <laughs> between laughing and trying to run like Usain Bolt, you know? So I jumped off my sled and I started running so that we could get this incline. Here's where it all comes together. If you're the leader of your team, are you leading from the back? Are you watching your people? 
for exhaustion, boredom, injury? Are you switching them out as necessary? And for crying out loud, are you jumping off your sled and running with your team when time gets hard? Or are you just cruising on, on top of the sled? And I thought that is just, it's a beautiful analogy for how to lead a team. So put your, put your teammates first, lead your team. They, you only succeed if they succeed. And it was just such uh, an amazing experience and such um, a, a, a great picture for leading a team, especially in trials like we're going through right now. Absolutely. That's an amazing uh, story that you shared. And there was a movie that I don't remember the name of the movie, but there were like uh, six to eight dogs stranded into uh, that particular thing and he has to go off and has to come back I think it's below eight feet or something like eight, that eight below yeah with Paul Walker it's a great movie awesome movie that's cool yeah when he was sharing that story just that particular scene just comes on my mind where he has tied all the dogs with a chain and once he comes he comes back for them so technically even he is a leader who wants us to come yeah. back for his team awesome yeah great so um, well uh, it was such an amazing, you know, uh, uh, time right now that we are chatting with you and, you know, getting lots of information for you. So all the people who are listening to this particular show, if they want to connect with you or know more about you, is there some, uh, uh, you know, uh, platform people can connect with you and get more value from you? Yes, you can jump on my website at com. And on my website, it also has all the links to my social platforms as well. Great. So also, do you have some kind of blog or magazine? I do. I have a magazine that has um, some tips and tricks on how to increase your performance. And if you go on to my website, um, there is a an option and a button to get your free subscription. You just click on it and you're in. Great. Lovely. So we are at the end of this episode, Val. And uh, before we, uh, you know, end this episode, would you like to say something to our viewers? Yes, thank you. I would. I always want to leave um, with an encouraging word. And so, you know, we are experiencing um, an unprecedented time right now with this whole COVID thing, and and um, it, it's it's gonna ruin you know the economy and, and hopefully not our health um, but I always want to leave people with with three things if they can remember nothing else um, and the first one is um, you are not what happens to you in life it is an event and it's not a definition and or a definition it's definitely not a label um, and bad things happen so but you are not what what happens to you in life um, the second one is you can't always choose what happens to you in life, um, but you can always choose your attitude about it. Um, I kind of said that at the beginning of the show. And lastly, never quit. Just don't ever quit. Never be out of the fight, even if it means you have to redirect, rebound, rebuild, rehab, retrain. Um, never be out of the fight. Um, keep going no matter what. This life is too big and too beautiful 
to miss out. And it's my goal for your viewers that they have this big, beautiful life and that they get to accomplish all their dreams. Great. Thank you so much for all such valuable things, pal. Uh, so you were just listening to Digital Maddie Show with your host, Mithil Dawey, and we have an amazing guest, uh, Val Jones. So if you are listening to this particular video on YouTube, you can subscribe to my channel. And if you are listening as a podcast, you can subscribe to my podcast on Anchor or Google Podcasts. Thank you so much, Val, for being on the show. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me, Mithil. Have a great day. You too.